When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. It's time for Purple Access, actually. Judd Zolgad, executive producer Declan Goff, and Star Tribune sports columnist, my buddy Chip Scoggins, talking all things Vikings. Uh, Chipper, I'll start you off with this one. Two and one. It wasn't pretty against Detroit, but they got a win your thoughts uh, three games into what has been so far a roller coaster type ride for the Vikings? Yeah, it's been a weird start, right? Um, if, at the beginning of the season, if you would have said, hey, they're going to start two and one, I think most people would have taken that. Um, you know, the Philly game was such a polar opposite from the first game. This game, they didn't play well for stretches, but they played well when they needed to. Yep. Which I, I guess is a good sign, um, but uh, and I think you're hearing this from a lot of guys in there. They're nowhere near a finished product, and they're still trying to figure each other out. Uh, I think both offensively, deep. we said it like with new staff, this is going to be a work in progress. Um, it might look disjointed at times. It might look like they're not on the same page a lot of times, and that's yep. been the case. I think particularly defense, um, and so. I think you can feel good about being two, two and one if you're them, but you certainly can't feel content because um, there's still areas of concern that, that uh, pop up. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with one. Justin Jefferson had a great first game. Uh, the Philadelphia game, he was not great. They, they definitely, with uh, Darius Slate, did a good job of neutralizing him. And did the Detroit game, I think he was down to six targets three catches. Now, we are already seeing nationally, are you concerned about Justin Jefferson? <laughs> it should, should there be great concern and worry? What's your assessment of, of what he has done and hasn't done three games in? Well, I think the Philadelphia one was just a disaster. They had a good plan. The offense was just not there. This one, the Lions definitely doubled him, tripled him. And we saw, and we've, and, and both of you and I have said that can't be an excuse for for just going away from. Them. We 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 complained about it when Zimmer and them did all their cloud coverage and all this. We can't throw it there. I, there were a couple instances where they showed the replay where he was just blanketed. I mean, there was you, you couldn't throw the ball there, so they went elsewhere. Um, which I think that's you know if teams are going to do that, then uh, one Kirk has to go you know to Thielen to the tight ends, which we saw. I thought Dalvin got going um, there, particularly in the second half. But I think it's also on 
uh, Kevin O'Connell, and I think he said this, to find ways to get him open to, to, you know, it's just, it's a cat and mouse. And he now, he's seeing how teams are going in there saying, Justin Jefferson is not going to go crazy on us like he did the Packers because you have no chance then. So they're they're saying we're going to smother him. Well, you can't just say, throw your hands up and say, well, okay, we got to go elsewhere, which right. completely, you have to do that some, but you also have to find ways to manipulate it if you're O'Connell to 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 move him around be intentional about getting him the ball. And I think the one thing for, for him, because he definitely had, I think, at least two drops uh, against Detroit yeah. on Sunday. I think the thing for him, too, is he has to be tougher at times. Like, there's there's routes that have been run wrong. There's balls that have been dropped. And look, I mean, there's he is going to, and, and he said this post-game Sunday, this is my fault. Like, I, you know, I've been great too much. But there's just flat-out times where he's going to have to be more physical. He's going to have to be tougher. The other thing that I would like to see them exploit a little bit too, though, is is a few more go routes because I do think that there's the potential to hit him deep because Kirk can throw that ball that, yeah. w- that would create very tough matchups. I mean, I like the crossing routes. That's all fine. But I do think that there's definite route tree combinations that you could have Jefferson try and exploit. Uh, because your quarterback can make difficult throws. Yeah, and you said the toughness. I mean, look at the way Philadelphia and Detroit corners played against these receivers. They grabbed them. Yep. They held them. And they're basically saying, you know, we're going to try to beat them up and disrupt them that way, and if you throw a flag, we'll live with it. And, I mean, the 24 for Detroit, what, he gets seven penalties? because Now, that was on Thielen. But I think it was six, four, four accepted, two declined. Yeah, but these it's clear – cornerbacks are not going to lay off. They're going to try to be physical with him and disrupt him that way. And so um, this is part of the learning curve. As great as he is, uh, there's there's always going to be something new and and uh, more attention placed on him and, and uh, defensive game plans starting with him yes. and how to neutralize him. And so this is part of the challenge of him being a great player is figuring, figuring out how to solve that. And I, I think just a very probably – Subtle, important thing, too, Chipper, is this. If I'm the Vikings, I am sending in every piece of film to the league with my guys be- being grabbed because points in the first three weeks are down substantially, and the yeah. league is not going to like that. So my contention is, okay, you know what? Do you want 18 to be defended and not scoring? You don't. So I, I actually think that the smart play, too, is to try to, to use your word, manipulate things to try to get more calls so that if Kirk throws a pass and, and a guy is tugging at Jefferson, you're probably going to get that call. Well, and, and Kevin O'Connell, you know, I don't know if he let it slip purposely or uh, whatever, but after a Philadelphia game, remember he said, we got word from the, from the league that yes. that should have been the, the one where the, was it Slay that was pulling his hand down on the first series. Yep. Um, and so I'm sure they are like, Hey, He's a great player, but look at how he's being held. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure they're doing that, um, as is probably a lot of teams right now, <laughs> um, sending things in. So, um, yeah, probably planting a seed there. Um, I'm sure you do everything to try to, you know, swing the thing in your favor. But but it's also on Jefferson, and he admitted, like, the Philadelphia interception, the first one, he, he should have flattened that out. That was his fault, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, as it as great as he is, he's still learning the NFL and, and learning how superstar treatment feels and what it looks like. And these teams are going to are 
I guarantee you every defensive coordinator, when they start the week, what are we going to do with Jefferson? Because that's the starting point for how you're going to slow down this offense. Exactly. Um, On Kirk, two trains of thought, in my opinion, from Sunday's game. The first one is he didn't play great. Like his stats aren't great. He, He didn't play great. Where I give him a lot of credit, though, is, in my opinion, that is the exact type of game in which he could go into a rut and struggle. Like it's not going well. And Kirk sort of just gets flustered. I thought that that last drive and and Mm -hmm. particularly finding Osborne for a touchdown pass that originally he thought was going to go to Thielen. Yep. I really thought, Chip, that as poorly as Kirk played at times, or he he just didn't play great, that that was a sign of progress in the relationship between O'Connell and Cousins. Yeah, and it wasn't – I wouldn't say he played bad. It just wasn't, you know – wasn't one of the games where we've seen him when he catch fire, right? There, there's some right. things that just went wrong. But two things, and we can we can talk about O'Connell's mindset and it, as it relates to Cousins, too. Think about the approach at the end of the first half and the approach at the end of the game there. Oh. Like, the first half, they had no bit. Like, Zimmer would have taken a knee and run to the locker room. O'Connell's like, you know, they started that on, like, what, the eight-yard line, something like that, uh-huh. with – I can't remember if they had one timeout or no timeouts. And he's like, let's go try to get some points here. And, you know, they ran out of time at the end because, um, <laughs> in part because the Detroit guy knocked the ball out of Brad, uh, Bradbury's hands there when they were trying to get it set. But um, but I like that even when things were not going well, the, you know, the same thing would have been there that last drive. All right, let's just try to get in field goal range. You know, don't make a critical mistake. But O'Connell and Cousins like, yeah, bleep that. Let's go try to score a touchdown and win it. I love that mindset. Amen. And that, to me, is the shift. Even when on a day where it wasn't perfect by any stretch, they still had that mindset of, okay, let's go try to win the game. I think that's a that's a change that we've seen. And I think that's an important uh, – oh. I think that was an important step for them. The end of halves in 2021 was a complete disaster. So you're exactly right. Like, it was chaos. It was yeah. disorganized chaos. O'Connell clearly has – a good grasp of what he he wants. I'm not saying he's the perfect play caller yet because he's not. Yeah. But but that being said, I do like the fact that he knows what he wants, and it does it does seem. Uh, week two didn't show this much, but it seems like Kirk is a bit more emboldened too at times where he didn't yeah. used to be. And so yes, I think that there's that's my thing is like I I think you got to give this time. Um, and, and I don't think that offensively the personnel is perfect yet uh, for what he probably wants to do long-term, but I'm willing to give this a lot of time to just see how, how it matures and changes and, and confidence. But you know, that Detroit game chip, it it was, it was, uh, intriguing because in vent line, we got a ton of calls from like angry fans. Like this is a terrible, you know, what, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's the league, dude. That's how this league works. Take the win and get the hell out of Dodge and be happy you got a win. It is. I mean, and I've, I've come around on this because when you're, when you're a fan of the team, you're probably looking at style points. You probably think, oh, Detroit's terrible. It's the Lions, you know, historically. They should beat them by 30, right? you know. Well, the Chiefs went and lost it at Indianapolis. Correct. Team Teams that – that uh, you think should just roll in, and it just doesn't work that way. The, the league is too competitive. Even the bad teams find a way to slow, you know, slow things down or, or make it messy or whatever. So 
I don't know if we should get hung up on style points. Now you could say they didn't play well in this area, and I and I would say there's something going on with their pass defense in the middle of the field that they that's really hurting them, um, either communication or not good enough. Um, but if it's not perfect and clean all the time, particularly with a you know a new regime where you have basically a new offense and new. We said it in training camp that this thing is not – it's going to look different at the end of the year than it does at the beginning of the year because yep, it's brand new, right? Yep. Um, and so I don't think we should, you know, we all overreact. But it's probably wise not to overreact to every time things don't go well or it looks kind of clunky or disjointed or not firing at 100%. Right. I'll, I'll give you a juxtaposition on two games. And why I felt very different about those games, okay? Last year, when they barely beat Pittsburgh, they, if you recall, they completely collapsed. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, they are collapsing. That, to me, was was a, you take the win, but get off the field. Like, there, there were guys yeah. celebrating, like, oh, we won this game. It's like, you barely won. That game just repulsed me. This game, <laughs> you came back twice from substantial yeah. deficits and did a good job of coming back. There was a ton to learn, but, you know, it's different if you take a big lead and then just collapse. Like what Detroit yeah. did, it's Detroit. That's not good. Well, but I thought Sunday was impressive because you came back twice from down, I think, first 14 and then from down 10. Yeah, like, there is part of me to say, Dan Campbell, love the emotion. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> Don't ever talk to me about him again. Don't ever tell me I'd run through a wall. I don't care if you'd run through a wall. That was an idiotic call. I got and that was bad, right? Yeah. I thought I thought the game swung. I thought the worst moment of the game for him. There's 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. You're up 10, third and one, and you throw a deep ball down the sideline. It was stupid. Like when you're having some, you know, Jamal Williams is having a pretty effective day running the ball. It's like if you run that and get a first down. Yes. I don't know that the Vikings win. I agree. You throw a deep ball, a low percentage deep ball down the sideline, like a jump ball that yep. Patrick Peterson breaks up. It's like, what in the world is this yep. guy doing? So I, yep. I, they definitely got, uh, you know, now now the Vikings had to go make plays. I don't want to say they just gave it to them, but they they opened the door for them, um, and they had to go make plays. So, um, but I'm with you. There, to me. Uh, I, I still, I, I mean, I, this defense, Judd, I mean, the philosophy of kind of sitting back and playing cover, and I don't know what's going on there. I mean, it seems like uh, Mark Craig from my paper had a good uh, breakdown today. Like, there's just no pressure on golf. Like, at some point, you got to generate pressure to help out the back end, don't you? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, there's, look, this team is not great. And, and, Defensively, there there are there are some flaws that that mean if the defense continues on its current track, which by the way is sort of weird because the points aren't terrible, the yardage is, but yeah. but I but it's not sustainable in my opinion uh, to look like this de- defense does and continue to win games. You're going to put so much pressure on the offense to have to score a ton of points. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if the scheme doesn't match the personnel if the scheme in this case has to be, you know, midstream tweaked. There is definitely, I mean, Daniil Hunter, PFF wise, graded out really well, but between him and Smith, you have to consistently find a way to get pressure, perhaps not sacks, 
But yeah. to your point, Jared Jared Goff of all people cannot stand back there and pat yeah. the ball. It's one it's one thing if Jalen Hurts runs around, right? Because that's a tough guy to contain. Jared yeah. Goff. So I am I am with you, and something has to change here as far as pressuring quarterbacks. Yeah, and and uh, Kendrick's told Mark Craig. He said that he feels like that Donatel is still learning what this personnel can do because it's one thing to see it in training camp where it's not. I mean. Yes, you get some semblance, but when you see it in actual games, you get a better idea. So maybe this thing will will continue to evolve, and he'll tweak things and realize that hey, I got to blitz more, or I got to you know put guys in different spots or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, it's weird because they would come back and say, "Well, Philadelphia, they didn't you know they didn't score in the second half." Philadelphia take their foot off the gas after having such a dominant first. I, I don't know, but um, it just feels like kind of that middle of the field. Yes. You know, crossing routes and, and different yes. route combinations are uh, – there's just too much opening, right? And, and, and I do wonder if you're not getting – if there's some way that you need to figure out whether you have to blitz more or whatever to get more pressure on the quarterback to, to get the ball out of his head. Because I felt like, strictly on some of those fourth downs, like uh, golf could just kind of sit there in the pocket and, and wait till guys came open. And it was just – it was it looked too easy for him, you know? so Absolutely. Um, so that, I mean, two and one, I would say it's, you know, you got two, you're two and one in the division. So that's obviously a huge plus. Uh, there's been, you know, a lot of bright spots, but I think there's still a lot to clean up. Yeah. I, and I do think to your point, you have to blitz more. I, I think that you just have to put in, and, and I know it's not your first choice. Yeah. Uh, this to me looks like, and feels like. Um, when, when the old Tampa two didn't work right, it feels yeah. sort of, it feels, and, and I'm not saying the schemes are the same, but I'm saying there are some similar flaws in my opinion that can be exploited a, against this d- defense that the, that the Tampa two, when it wasn't working right, had the same type of flaws. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure they're thinking, okay, you got Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. Those guys should be able to get to the quarterback and wreak havoc, right? Well, it's not really happening with just four guys. I mean, it's not a consistent enough pressure. You're not making the the quarterback, you know, even like week two is different because Hurts would, you know, run the ball and you had to be fearful of that, you know. Right. But um, if you're not able – if those two guys aren't able to generate that pass rush, then you have to get it from somewhere else. You know, you can't just keep, um, you know, doing the same thing and, and hoping that it's, it's going to come. You have to kind of manufacture it. And so um, – and again, maybe it is something that is a learning process for the coaches too to figure out how good guys are or what they're doing, and and we'll see things evolve. So I don't want to overreact to three games, but it, it just feels like that's an area that is a concern, and they're gonna have to address. Saints game. Your thoughts Sunday, London. Uh, if Jameis Winston says throw you the ball, catch it. Trust yeah, me. <laughs> and it sounds like Dalton might start. Oh, is the injury just too much? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. sounds like that's so. Well, it, it, I mean, his his turnovers are just. I watched the the week before where he, against Tampa, where he threw like three interceptions in a row. Um, they're good defensively, so this will be. I'm curious to see Lattimore. Uh, what they do with Dalvin. Um, it's so early in the season, Judd. I don't know that I would. You know, I, I think I'd err on the side of being cautious there. I mean, it's the I shoulder. Agree. Yes. Um, I know he wants to play, and it's you know it's, it sounds like it's just something that pops in, pops out. Is that um, mm-hmm. which, which sounds 
It sounds horrible, horribly painful. And they but, can't fix um, it, I guess. Yeah, I. It, it, it sounds like it's happened before, and so I think I'd be cautious with him and and roll with Madison, and um, maybe have Ty Chandler up, and um, but that's a game I feel like they should win. You know, yes. I mean, I I think that's a game. You, now, the whole London experience and who handles that better and stuff. You, you know, uh, it is interesting how O'Connell's doing it. I mean, they're going late, right? I mean, yep. They're not giving them a whole lot of time to adjust to the to the time change, which I don't, you know, does that factor in much? I I don't know, um, but I feel like this is a game they should win. I think that there is a real chance, and that they have Chipper a good opportunity to be four and two going into the bye. I think you lose against the Dolphins down there. That's a yeah, tough game, yeah, that's, and that's the Dolphins look game, good. Yeah. And and I don't know how your defense is going to stop that that, that high, speed yeah. that speed that the Dolphins have. But I think that you should beat the Saints, and I think that yeah. you should definitely beat the Bears here. I mean, the Bears yeah. the Bears beat the Niners on in basically what amounted to a monsoon, and then they beat yeah. Houston. But Houston's terrible. I think yeah. four and two going into your Week Seven bye is incredibly realistic. Well, and we said if this, I think most people looked at it and said, you know, if they're somewhat cohesive with all their new schemes, when you looked at the schedule, it was conducive to get off to a pretty good start. I mean, the first two games were tough, obviously, but if you came out of that relatively well, then it, it was a chance to kind of get on a little bit of a roll. So, but again, as soon as you say that, the NFL will. Oh, God, it'll bite you right in the ass. <laughs> there is no such thing as typically getting on a roll if you start assuming that. I was talking to somebody about this today. Why in, on earth would anybody bet on the NFL? Because they, uh, they love to bet. They love to bet, yeah. How I mean, I can't you, bet on football. It, it it never works. No, no. And, I mean, it's just so, as Sid would say, crazy league. It is a crazy yeah. league, and it's been that way forever. <laughs> and And the incredible thing is, the majority of games are ugly. Yeah. But it's always close, so it's fun. Did I hear did I hear this right that this uh was the most three point games in the first three weeks? Did I hear that during one of the broadcasts? That's or probably correct. And the most three point games in the first three weeks in like twenty years or something, which doesn't surprise me. And scoring is down, which the league absolutely hates. And and what do you think that is? Um are they letting them grab more in the uh, secondary, or what's the theory? I've not seen no, one. Three weeks. I know it's only three weeks, so it's yeah. a small sample size. But here's mine. You don't prepare like like this. I think the first month of the regular season now is the is the exhibition games, the preseason. Yeah, yep. nobody's playing, guys. It, it could be that the offenses are taken because they don't. Even though the offenses. In the old days, well, it's, I don't want to say that because, you know, the old days, the starters were playing to the third quarter, so they were actually getting more than one or two series. In that so, third game. Yeah, in that third game, they actually would play quite a bit. So maybe there is that. Maybe that's something to it that these guys just – it's taking them some time to get their timing up in game speed. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there is a uh, – the, the two primetime games, Sunday night, Monday night, set football back 30 years. Yeah, oh, that's terrible. They were awful. Have we seen? I haven't seen any data on uh, officiating. And there were a couple of years ago where it was the holding, and they were calling you know so many holding penalties. And um, I don't know if there's if there's enough data yet to make it 
correlation with that. Like, yeah. are they letting the defense get away more or, or less? Um, so, but it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think your theory is right that that so many teams are going to the starters don't play in the preseason, so now they're really just trying to get in a, a rhythm. Which I agree with completely. I wouldn't play my guys, but the point is it just yeah. takes time. I'd rather win ugly in the, in, the, in the regular season early than suffer an injury and wish I hadn't played a guy, that's for sure. Yeah, but you're to, um, on, on the refs, the point of clarification is supposed to be illegal contact, which I've seen yeah. called some. Well, I, I mean, hell, to, to your point, the corner on Detroit had six yeah. penalties and, called. So, like, they're call- yeah. it's not like they're not throwing flags. They could have. Well, and Thielen wanted one on that, that one where the guy had They were not going to call. I mean, it probably was. But after calling that guy for, you know, 17 penalties, they were going to call him in that situation, I think. As Declan said, and he's exactly right, I don't need to see another meltdown, though. I'm so tired of whipping the helmet off, you know, yeah. and, and it, this is not the suburban high school league, dude. It's every game, you know. But, you know, need... it feels like we just accept it because, oh, that he's a competitor. Okay, at some point in time, just keep your helmet on, and yeah. you know what? If you want to go complain, that's fine. But like the whole yeah. theatric thing, it's like, yeah. yes, you got you basically drew six penalties, and now you're and now you're pissed <laughs> off you didn't get a seventh. <laughs> well, they were calling everything on that guy too. Which, which they, I mean, I'm sure they were penalties. You watch him; he was just, you know. But I, I agree. Yeah, it's like they were not going to call a penalty every play on that guy. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it, you know, it was funny though. We talked about it after the Philadelphia game that. Thielen and Dalvin really hadn't done much, weren't part of the game plan, or I'm sure they're part of game plan, but just weren't involved early in those first two games. And it was clear they were intentional about getting those two going. Yes. And and I, I also think from the standpoint of the uh, receivers, Chipper, I think you probably need to start Sunday's game by involving Thielen and Osborne to free yeah. up Jefferson. I think part of the problem from a play calling standpoint is in the first three games, O'Connell has, has relied on Jefferson first. I would actually uh, showcase Osborne or Thielen in Sunday's game as the threat early. And I think that that would cause them be, because you want them to pick their poison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, KG Osborne, has really become a clutch performer for them, you know? And yeah. Hey, if you're getting the third best cornerback, I take your, I like your chances with him. Right. Um, but I know what we'll do if they, if they don't, if they're not intentional about trying to get the Jefferson, we're going to complain about that. It's like, yeah, you got to find a way to scheme him and get him open. You can't just ignore yeah. him, even though if he's getting done. So it's, you know, I'm sure all those things are swirling around, O'Connell's head, like, okay, yes, we want to get these other guys open, but we can't just let teams dictate us, you know, dictate Justin Jefferson out of the game plan because they're doubling him or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if if you were to go into a game in the opening quarter, get Osborne involved more and that, and that helped to free up Jefferson, we wouldn't complain. Our no, complaint is what is when you just and, and O'Connell is not doing this. Throw up your arms yeah. and are like, "Well, there's nothing that we can do." Well, that's not true. Yeah, we're checking it down to CJ Hammer. Or, you know, oh God, and yeah, Baltimore. Which, you know, uh, I, I like. I did like the fact that they got Dalvin going, you mm-hmm. know, early because you saw like 
especially right before he got the fumble and hurt, he was starting to get in a rhythm where he was getting six yards of carry and really uh, well. And the interesting thing too about that entire game, especially when it started to go sideways, they definitely went back to some Kubiak uh, concepts to get Kirk too. So like yeah. De- Dalvin more involved, short passes to the tight yeah. ends to yeah. CJ. So they would def and, and that's where I think we are going to get to, to a point, And this is going to take a year. O'Connell's going to have to see the personnel a lot to know, yeah. like I can do this and, and that, but he definitely took some things and it's smart probably from well, the, from Gary's playbook to get Kirk going because you know, Kirk, Kirk needs certain things, certain triggers, short passes being one to get him in a rhythm. Yeah, and, you know, we, we make that jab at C.J. Ham, but he turns, he sometimes turns those short passes into because people just, you know, they got so many other skill guys that they're worried about that. And I thought their tight ends were effective. I mean, they had some big catches around, like 12 yards, but to say that's, you know, going to be your focal point, no. I mean, you're still, right. you know, you're not going to deviate from what you're trying to do, but – um you know, it was nice to see those guys make some plays when they needed them on some of those drives. I need to see my guy who I've been singing the praises of for now at least two or three years, Irv Smith, catch almost every pass, though. He made a nice catch, but, yeah. but I went back and watched that drop. At first, in yeah. the stadium, I thought that that was a really tough play, and it was a tough play. That was a drop, though. Dude, you've got to catch that ball. Well, you know, you have the drop in Philadelphia, now this yep. one. Um Okay, this is, you know, we we all want to see him be a big part of the offense because he has that kind of skill, but this, these are two pretty big drops that he's had now, so he's got to, you know, uh, make the most of his opportunities, and I think he will. I don't think it'll, you know, cause Cousins to lose faith in or trust in him. I think he'll still go to him, but, yeah, Herb needs to, uh, when he gets those, because it's not going to be, a, you know, a ton of opportunities for him, you know, right. maybe – but some big play opportunities. But it's a big play, yeah. So yeah. he's got to he's got to make them. Last thing, the offensive line, Chip Scoggins. Dare I say it? Three games in, the offensive line's good. The tackles are yeah. great. Cleveland's played well. Ingram has struggled, but Garrett Bradbury, to his credit, I've never seen a play like this. No, I mean he's he's you know let's we've we've bashed him and criticized him. Let's let's acknowledge that he's playing well, and yeah. you know. I haven't sit here and dissected all Ingrams. I mean, he had the two really rough series early in Philadelphia where, um, oh, no, no, Packers uh, in a Packers game. Um, yep. But it hasn't been to the point where, like, oh, my gosh, this is a lie. I, I wouldn't say that. The tackles have been really good. I mean, Darisaw and O'Neal, I mean, have been fantastic. Um, and so we all said that that was either 1 or 1A, one the biggest concern coming into the year. And so far – it's been a – they've held up their end of the bargain, and they've played well, and, and particularly I think we have to acknowledge that Bradbury's played really well. Great stuff, Chipper. We will talk to you next week for more Purple Access, my man. All right, brother. We'll see you, man. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring – After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.